0: The Baltimore Ravens 2024 offseason has already been a whirlwind, and it hasn't even been two weeks yet. And it took another twist on Thursday. We talk about everything that's gone on. Zay Flowers and more coming up next year on Locked On Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, where your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, and I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher. Of Ravens Wire coming to you from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thanks so much for being here, making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day. Free and available all podcasts and platforms. That's in video form on YouTube and audio form wherever you get your shows. We're five days a week here on Locked On Ravens plus bonus content. So if you want to subscribe, hit that like button on YouTube. Also follow along wherever you get your audio podcasts. We really appreciate the support we bring in Ravens news analysis, updates, and so much more here on Locked On Ravens. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you. By game time, down the game time, Matt. Create an account, use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. We're less than two weeks into the Ravens 2024 offseason, but boy, has it been a whirlwind. Here to talk about everything Ravens related with me is former Baltimore Ravens wide receiver and Super Bowl champion, Kadri Ismail Q. We haven't had the chance, to, and I, to discuss what happened in the AFC Championship game. We were so high on this team, felt like the team of destiny. And unfortunately, as we all know, Baltimore. I don't know what you want to call it. W- weren't ready to play. Panicked. I mean, there are a lot of ways they lost that game, but I mean, the main reason is look, maybe play calling, maybe Lamar Jackson, maybe John Harbaugh. But the reality of the situation is they're not in Vegas right now. And I think if you had my pick at the beginning of the playoffs, they were my team to win the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, all those things um, to to be true. Like, yes, I thought too that if they got to the big show they would be the favorites i thought that going into the game that they were rested and and prepared um they came off a really strong performance against the texans here comes you know patrick mahomes i think the defense was just as ready to go as it needed to be and boy i don't know if it was just a pre-game festivities with uh jason or jason um patrick McC- uh, patrick homes and also what you looked at with justin tucker whether or not they were just playing mind games and it just motivated them extra i don't know all i know is that it came down to a fast start by the chiefs whereas for the ravens i think it was just such a slow start it was it was a, it was like a weird slow start i mean and they had you know so much hoopla and hype going into the the, the pregame festivities, you can feel the energy, and, and then they get the ball first, and they go through it out. And and the first play, like, from, you know, the bigger picture of it all, you're, you're trying to get, like, one of those big-time special plays. Like, you know what? Y'all have a tendency to do this. Here's what we do best that fits what y'all do the worst. We're going to trick it up and make it a big play either happen or – just a strong, positive play. And it was just like, okay, it was a handoff. Okay, it was one yard. And from there, it just seemed like it just never got going. Um, I think Kansas City played an amazing game. They played where they got out fast, they looked good. And then from there, the Ravens were in panic mode, as you said. They just never really got that rhythm that they needed to have. And even when they did get the rhythm, unfortunately – you know, whether it was a strip sack uh, on Lamar and, you know, here comes, you know, Bateman wide open or, you know, you you get Zay Flowers down the football field. He gets a ball a uh, l- little bit under thrown, but still makes a big play. Sneed, the defensive back for the Kansas City Chiefs, like uh, he's messing around with Zay's legs. Zay gets up, loses his mind, and all of a sudden... Kind of, you know, spins the ball in his face, gets a penalty. You know, it just it seems like it just snowballed because then that turned into Snead punching the ball out right before he crosses the goal line. So, uh, yeah, just one of those games and, and and days where nothing went right for for the Baltimore Ravens and they were undeserving of winning that game. And the Chiefs tip a cap to them. They, they were able to be resilient and get it done.
0: Yeah, and I I think we talked about it, Q. Seemed like at this point, and hats off to Kansas City, not trying to take away from what they did, but Baltimore beat themselves plenty of times in that game. Kansas City did too. I'm not trying to, again, take away from that, but you only run the ball six times with your running backs and 16 total times against one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. What it felt like to me, Q, was, one, the Ravens, they played that game like they were down 30, And they were never down by 10 for more than, you know, they were never down by more than 10. But the reason for that is because I think the Ravens saw the chiefs score two quick touchdowns and it was 14, seven. And they were like, Oh, this is going to be like a 35 to 34 game. Like one of those all time instant classic offensive performances. And they were like, okay, well we can't, we can't run the ball and have this like ball control thing. If Mahomes just goes down the field, goes down the field and scores in three minutes every time. So, Maybe that's where they panicked, but John Harbaugh said that that's the way the game went, and I just, I don't know. It's stuff that I think is frustrating both in the moment and then after the fact here as we talk about it. Now we're into off-season mode, and actually the time of this recording, the NFL Honors is currently going on. So throughout the show, if there's any breaking news in terms of who wins awards or not, we'll keep keep you updated and react to those. We know Mike McDonald did not win. Assistant Coach of the Year went to Jim Schwartz of the Cleveland Browns, Tyler Wallace's moment queue the, the punt return, I was surprised was not even nominated for a moment of the year. Uh, so I felt like that should have probably won it, let alone just was nominated for it. So we'll keep you updated on all those, but any reactions to those two?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, from a, a Jim Swartz aspect of things, I, I mean, I think, you know, Cleveland, just the way they played and performed, you know, Miles Garrett, I think he was defensive player of the year. Um, so, for that to come about and, and the way in which you you just had some horses over there and he, he, he had them playing well, he had them playing fast. Um, You know, they, they, I think if, if you, you know, clearly we, we know that the award as far as voting is in before the playoffs, but you know, Texans just dismantled that, that Cleveland Browns defense. However, regular season wise, tip of the cap to them. You know what they they played some really amazing football um and jim schwartz is deserving of that um i just think that mike McDonald to get you know the lead the league in sacks to lead the league in turnovers, to lead the league um in points per game and that's like the big stat that everybody talks about like you know what we don't score or if you don't score you know you you can't have a chance to win and so you're you're leading the league in those three categories the first time and NFL history, I mean, that's that's just remarkable. So I I'm 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 you know, kind of scratching my head as to why that didn't matter. Um, but then you know, as far as Tyler Wallace, I mean there's so many amazing plays that happened, you know, week in and week out. Um heck, you know, when you look at what Lamar did, you know, whether San Francisco game or you know, uh, some of the other games where he just had these spectacular plays against Jacksonville, had a spectacular play. Uh, but that's who you're competing against. And so then you also look at just around the league, some of the, the fluky, weird, awesome plays that, you know, makes the NFL so great. You know, I I definitely get the sentiment, no no question. But uh, eh, I'm sure, you know, it would have been nice for him to at least have been acknowledged as one of rather than maybe the play.
0: Yeah, and you know, maybe it's my Ravens by by shining through <laughs> your cue. But uh you know, my votes would have been for Mike McDonald and uh Tylen Wallace on those two plays. Yeah. Look, I mean, speaking of Mike McDonald, it's been such a crazy off season for the Ravens, you know, really not a lot of people have had time to recover from the AFC championship loss because it just feels like from the the moment they lost it's just been well, this coach is left and this crazy thing has happened and that crazy thing has happened obviously cue the elephant in the room here and we'll just address it now to, to have it. Zay flowers in another twist to the Ravens off season. Reportedly there is an investigation going on for an alleged domestic violence incident. Now Zay has not been charged with anything. It's a very preliminary report right now. You know, just, we don't really know anything. I know people are coming here and saying, Oh, does, does Kevin have any details? Skew, any? I don't have any details. I, I don't know anything, right? It's just the reports that are out there. Obviously the Ravens and, you know, Myself included, zero tolerance policy for anything domestic violence here. Just wanted to address it and say, look, the facts will come out. The facts will be the facts, and that'll happen there. If you all know if you have any, anything you want to say about it, but again, very preliminary. This just came out a couple hours before we started recording here, so obviously not a lot is known. But we're gonna figure it out whenever those facts come out.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's 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 a tough one because there's a few things. You know, you 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 look at what. Um, happened with clearly the the Ray Rice situation and, and, you know, what, you know, the league did, what the Ravens did, and then, you know, the, the, the fallout of it because of the video and everything. And, um, and now this, uh, boy, I, I know that, you know, like I said, there's going to be an investigation, uh, into it. Um, I, I'm just hoping beyond hope that it's, it's, you know someone just with an axe to grind and and it's you know something where it'll be much to do about nothing i'm i'm hoping beyond hope because yes you know there is that zero tolerance policy that uh, steve ashadi laid down and it will be tested if if the investigation proves that there is more to it and yeah you're you're boy 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 you're losing so much when it comes to your reputation uh when it comes to pretty much your team as far as you know what your 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 you know the football element of it on the on field stuff but uh yeah the off field stuff you know there's there's gonna be some major damage control that's gonna have to be done with that but um it's unfortunate you know that this even has to be an issue because, you know, all the things that I you know saw and obviously, you know, from a Zay aspect of things, you know, he was part of the WJZ uh, family. For us, we would do our different uh, show, player shows. He was, you know, really just engaging and awesome with it and very insightful. So um, again, you know, I, I don't know. Um, it's just an investigation. And we got to wait till more comes out. But uh, hey, yeah, this is a tough one.
0: Yeah. And again, this, I just want to make it clear that it is only an investigation right now at the time of this recording. Zay has not been charged or anything, but obviously if facts do come out and it is more and, and there's stuff that's in there, there is a zero tolerance policy, both in the Ravens. And I mean, myself personally, and just everything that comes with it, this comes before football and of course, very unfortunate situation. And, You know, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, I'm not getting far ahead of this thing because, again, no details are really out right now. So, you know, again, people want to come here and say, well, what do you think? What do you speculate? I'm not I'm not even going to speculate. I mean, it's just something where the facts come out and that's what we'll go with. I'm I'm not going to indulge myself any further than just that. But I think it's also been a crazy offseason in multiple other ways. Q. This was another twist in that. But coming up, we'll be talking about. Just a recap of everything that happened with the coaching changes, the coaching cycle, and how the Ravens can recover from that. So be sure to stay tuned. A lot to get to here on Locked on Ravens. First, this show is sponsored by Robin Hood. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA. Robinhood is the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from the other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to the IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com boost Subscription fees only and now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk including loss. Limitations apply to RRAs and 401ks. Three percent match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of the first three percent match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. Three percent matching on transfers subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. Is a registered broker-dealer. And this show is sponsored by Game Time. There's a lot that I could do with an extra $100 in Vegas if I was there for the big game. Maybe I go out to a great dinner. I could put it all on red. There's a lot I could do. Vegas is, is the land of possibilities, and I've, I've actually never been. I really wanted to go. So there's a lot you could do over out there in Vegas, though. Game time is the fastest and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. They'll the last-minute deals, all in prices, They'll use some receipt, and their best price guarantee. Game time is the guesswork out of buying tickets. And in the Baltimore area, obviously no more Ravens games, but the Orioles will be starting up soon, and there are plenty of concerts. And more going on in the area. Game time has last minute tickets, flash deals, and zone deals. Plus, game time only ticketing app that gives you a complete peace of mind with the purchase. You can buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Plus, game time is assessed with finding ways to help you save money on your tickets with zone deals. You pick the section of game time, pick the seats for big time savings. Anything else we're going to buy? Tickets with game time right now. All game time, users usually get $100 off a big game ticket with code vegas 100 Terms applies down the game time app and use code Vegas100, vegas 100 vegas one hundred for a hundred dollars off a big game ticket, or if you're not going to the game, use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Download the Game Time for the to take lowest price guarantee. We're back on second segment, Locked On Ravens with Kadri Ismael. I am Kevin Ostriker in Q. There was a growing sense, at least for me, and I think a lot of people, that Mike McDonald probably was going to be a head coaching receiver of a job there. And whether it was Washington or Seattle, maybe, you know, I know some people in Baltimore wanted to move on from John Harbaugh and, and promote Mike McDonald there. McDonald goes to Seattle and it's a big loss. I'm not trying to sugarcoat it and say, oh, well, you know, there are plenty of Mike McDonald's out there. I mean, Mike McDonald is, I think when you talk about almost what the coaching, the the ideal coach is in the league today, it's a young offensive mind, someone that's a quarterback guru. But I think Mike McDonald, you're getting somebody great over there if you're Seattle, and a lot of people in Baltimore, myself included, wanted him to to stay and be a part of this Ravens family for a lot longer. Unfortunately, it did not happen. Now, they hire Zach Orr, but they also lose to Nord Wilson and Anthony Weaver, and obviously Joe Ortiz goes to Los Angeles to be their general manager. What do you kind of make of all of this coaching turnover Literally, like a day, days after the Ravens lose and arguably the biggest game in in Ravens history at M&T Bank Stadium.
1: Yeah, what makes me nervous is the fact that I look back at uh, the Philadelphia Eagles after they won their Super Bowl, and you know they had a very young staff, very innovative, very cohesive, and you just they didn't win the Super Bowl. They went to the Super Bowl, excuse me, but they were representing the NFC and they were trucking people through the NFC. Uh, but their staff got pillaged. <laughs> <And> so <clears throat> from that aspect of things, I mean that was good for guys like a Shane Steichen. Um, but it also, you know, you saw the, the next year where you had people who just were out of their depth, and and the Philadelphia Eagles started off strong, and then boom, you just saw how they crashed and burned. I think anytime in the NFL in general, coaching. You know, the cohesive unit that you build, you're trying to keep that, but you also recognize there's a very limited opportunity to um to show what you can do in this league. And so, you know, coaches get fired and coaches, you know, get replaced. Um, whether you be up in, in Buffalo, like a Kent Dorsey who gets fired midseason, or an Alex Van Pelt who gets let go as an offensive coordinator, but then all of a sudden they get rehired. And next thing you know, you got a whole new group of people and, and, and just the, the way this, this merry-go-round of, of coaches and, 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 and how it all unfolds, you, you you recognize it's it's such a limited opportunity and you got to take advantage of the opportunity, man. I'm so happy for all those guys, you know, the Mike McDonald's of the world and, you know, the whole pretty much defensive staff. I know Anthony Weaver is going to do phenomenal uh, down in, uh, Miami. Um, who's our other guy? I know he, um, got a head or uh, uh, coordinator position. Denard Wilson. Uh, Denard Wilson. Thank you. Um, but I think he, boy, he's going to do great as well. So it's a situation where you as a head coach, you've got to know that, you know, if you're, you're, going to be good and you feel like you're going to be good you feel like you are a good organization then yeah they're going to be uh people that are going to be coming to look and, and 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 take and we saw the look and we saw the take and now we got to regroup and here comes a guy like say for example um or who i think in his mind you know what i've been kind of homegrown i i start off in an organization. Um, Obviously, had a stint down in, in in Jacksonville, but I think Zach Orr is going to be a great defensive coordinator, and it's just a matter of filling out the staff and, and for him to uh, kind of build upon just that foundation that has been laid going back to the Marvin Lewis days all the way to present day with Mike McDonald. I think it's just about growing on that legacy of what Baltimore Ravens football is all about, which is defense.
0: Yeah, and I think you have a trend here, Q, of all these these linebacker coaches getting they're rising up the ranks. Whether it's uh, you know Dean Pease or Dodd Martindale, Mike McDonald, Zach Orr, and I'm excited about the Orr hire. Someone who again just loves this organization. He said he bleeds purple and black, and you get to keep the system. I think it was the right decision for them to go internal with this. I think you know. With everything that was going on, they had to move fast with this because with Weaver and Wilson and Orr, they were getting offers. Zach Orr said that McDonald wanted him over in Seattle, but it was gonna take a lot to actually get him to to leave Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Is there any concern for you about the lack of play calling here with Zach Orr? I mean, Mike McDonald had it at Michigan. And he got that year of experience before coming in. I do think it's going to be a bit of a learning curve, right? There will be some moments where Zach was going to have to learn the ins and outs of play calling in an NFL game, but this is a guy who played for three years. He has that experience. Is there any concern for you with that? Or you just, you're just letting it ride and seeing how it goes.
1: It's always a concern when you have something new, when you have more responsibility, but I think in this Day and age, there's ways where you can prep yourself and and go through kind of the 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 rhythm of it in a mock game type of scenario. Um, and and you just rep the live beep out of it. Then when you get to your rookie mini camp and you're installing in front of you know these new rookies, that's a level of kind of getting a little bit more and more comfortable with with how you're gonna you know call a play or whatever. Uh, John Harbaugh training camp, I mean, my God, they put so many different scenarios uh, to the offense and a defense with or without a script. And oftentimes it's without a script to get guys to, you know, get a, a feel and, 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 and a groove of, you know, things and not be so regimented. Like, oh, we know it's a third five. So this is going to be easy for us to call these different defenses, but it's going to be first and 10 Oh. Nope, it's first and 15 cuz you know we had a phantom offsides, what is the call going to be? Or is it now going to be the opposite where it's going to be yeah, it's first and 5 because defense alignment <laughs> jumped offsides. What are you going to do, Zach, or as far as, you know, the different calls and oh, it's a big play in a red zone, how are you going to transition all those things? Uh you can you can certainly work on, but Live bullets are live bullets and regular season is regular season. And we'll see.
0: I think it's also interesting because now the Ravens have all these openings they have to fill on the defensive staff. And Zach or said, he's very involved with it all. But speaking of coaches coming in, Jerry Rosberg, who was a familiar face in the Baltimore organization was supposed to come in. You know, there was a report that he was supposed to be coming in as a type of a game manager type role, for, for John Harbaugh. Then the next day, Tom Pellicero reports, well, wait, hold up a second. Wait a minute. This is actually not happening. Two parts of this question, Q. I mean, what do you think? It was just maybe Rossberg decided, you know, in the 24 hours to, you know, he wanted to stay retired. Was maybe the role not there, the money not there? What do you think happened with that? And what does it mean that the Ravens were going to hire, that, that being added to John Harbaugh's staff was a coach in a game manager role?
1: So I think, you know, clearly he's a respected guy. People like him, the whole nine. I also think the pressure of what your comment was and across the Twitterverse, like there was like, well, wait a minute, what what are we really getting here? Why are we hiring him for game management? Like, what does that mean? What exactly does that mean? And I think that's where, you know, from a, a standpoint of jerry rosberg negotiation wise if i'm john harbaugh and i'm reading the tea leaves like yeah you know my seat is good but i know that there are some rumblings and grumblings i don't want to make this worse and I, i'm just speculating on that but i just think that there was something where yeah you, you release it and say it's all good and then all of a sudden you turn around like yeah, nope, it just didn't happen i think there was some pressure from the, uh, the flock, and I think that's where things kind of turned into. Now we'll back off of it.
0: Yeah, very, very interesting, very weird situation there with Jerry Rosberg, but it's not happening. That's what we know. It's not happening. But coming up with the final part of the show, we're going to get into some early offseason plans for the Ravens, where they should look to add, where they can get better, who they should sign, and a lot more. Stay tuned for that plan to get to here on Locked On Ravens. First, this episode is brought to you by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for City Drives and Great Escapes. Class-exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call in for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone, Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are all built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-sized crossover for your next adventure. Plus, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has room up to eight and expansive cargo capacity and advanced available 4x4 capability with 284 horsepower or 6,000 pounds towing when adventure calls the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take a Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. And this episode is. Brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. And they're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. You pick more than or less than on two to six players' stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. And the big game is right around the corner. Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to turn every game changing moment to 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into a $1,000. That, of course, expires post the big game. So if Passion Mahomes throws for more than one yard in the big game, you win on prize picks and they have quick withdrawals easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types that's somebody's Prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app and there are a lot of especially for the big game here i think for me christian mccaffrey and i think he's gonna go for more than his projected rushing total over on prize Picks. so go to prizepickscom slash lockdown nfl you just go to lockdown nfl for a match up to 100 dollars and don't forget, if Fashion Mahomes throws more than one yard in the big game, you win on prize picks. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown NFL. Use code lockdown for a personal boss match up to $100. Prize picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. We're back rounding out Locked On Ravens with Padre Ismael. I am still Kevin Ostryker talking with you on this Purple Friday. Really appreciate everybody for being here with us and making Locked On Ravens your first listen. Each and every day, be sure to subscribe on YouTube again, follow along in audio form. It's the same show here, both audio and video. Q, I don't want to be talking off season right now. I wish we were talking Super Bowl, but unfortunately we're here with this. The Ravens have already gone through the coaching turnover of things, but we still have free agency. We still have the draft and a lot of ways for the Ravens to improve their roster, but it's going to be different. No team is the same. It's going to be a different roster for them. Now, let's start with the free agency aspect of this from from a Ravens perspective. Obviously, I call them the big three of free agents, Justin Matabike, Patrick Queen, and Geno Stone. Those three defenders obviously have all earned huge paydays, not saying some of the other guys did not. We'll get to them in a minute. But out of those three, it feels almost like, well, the Ravens can't let Matabike walk out that door. I mean, he's just too valuable and too important. Maybe they franchise tag him. I don't think he actually plays on the franchise tag. I think that, that, it, that, but it would give them time. I think it's until July they would have to work out an extension with Matt VK if they have placed a franchise tag on him. Patrick Queen, can you pay two inside linebackers close to $200 million total with him and Roquan Smith? It's a conversation. And Geno Stone might get paid and might get a huge role somewhere else to be a starter because we know the Ravens have Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton. So out of those three, Q, how would you kind of rank them in terms of who's most likely to return to who's least likely?
1: Yeah, I mean... You said it perfectly. You look at the ends, you look at interior linemen, and you look at getting to franchise quarterbacks. Justin BK did that. Justin BK earned the right to have a great conversation to get that bag. And unfortunately, under the collective bargaining agreement, there is the franchise tag. It gives the team kind of that leverage that the player thought it was going to be a plus, but it technically is a minus for a player because you're not going to necessarily get long-term. But I do think that, uh, you know, the bigger picture is, I think there could be an easier deal done with Geno stone. Now check this out. You got a Mike McDonald and you got Denari Wilson. Well, both guys, one is a head coach. One is a D coordinator and you got Anthony. We a D coordinator as well. Like, Those are people that want someone to know their system and you got PQ out there. Oh, bro. This is like the Ravens in a sense, worst nightmare because of the fact that you, you, I want, if I'm Mike McGon, I'm like, Hey, Jim Stone, come on, come on over. Uh, Yeah. Patrick, uh, you know, South Florida, like there's no state income tax and you know, it's, it's nice weather. Oh, did you, you played for who LSU? What? So you know the South real well, brother. Come on. Uh, it's all of that. And you are a fool to think that oh the Ravens is gonna throw a pot of money and it's just gonna be easy peasy uh to re-sign Gino. Um I think Patrick, you know, just because of Trenton Simpson, you know, that that's an easy one. Although I think Patrick is a phenomenal player and I don't think you're just gonna like up and replace him thinking that, you know, but you do have a guy that can kind of raise all tides, uh, high tide, raises all ships, I should say, excuse me, and Roquan Smith. So I think he can help out the young fella. Um, So there's a little bit of relief from there. But make no mistake about it, those other Raven coaches that are no longer on the squad and are other places, they absolutely are going to be making a strong case for all three of them, especially if Matabike doesn't get the franchise tag.
0: Yeah, going to be really interesting. I mean, then you also have guys, Q, kind of, I don't want to, it feels disrespectful to call them second tier because they're not. But I think you have those three that everybody's being talked, like the three that are being talked about the most are Matabike, Queen, and Stone. But then you have the other guys, and there are plenty of them. Jade Van Clowney, Kyle Van Noy, Kevin Zeitler, Odell Beckham, Gus Edwards, Arthur Millette. I go on and on and on and on. The Ravens have a lot of decisions to make with these guys. I mean, out of those guys, and maybe anybody else that comes to your mind, who would you want to see back?
1: Yeah, you know, I think Arthur Millette. I think uh to a lesser degree, Gus. Um and I just feel like Kyle Van Noy and and Jadavion, like, maybe make a strong run for Jadavion, but Kyle Van Noy, you can wait. And I don't think he cares because he ain't going through training camp. And, you know, why not? I'll wait. Um, that kind of is how it is. Like, you know what? I feel good. Like, I got to go through training camp. And you're going to give me a fair deal? Then. So be it. But um yeah, I I I think the bigger picture is this that um the Ravens did a great job of of looking at all the uh free agents that were out there and, and they got a good strong blend. You can't have enough as far as corners, and if I know Zach or keeping all those same philosophy and principles of what Mike McDonald's defense was all about, then absolutely. Arthur Millette should be one of those high priority free agents to resign.
0: And you you mentioned to a lesser extent, Gus, and that's a really interesting conversation for me, Q, because the Ravens are going to have some decisions to make running back. J.K. Dobbins is a free agent. We know the talent J.K. has, but unfortunately for him, the injuries have, have come up in full force for him over these last couple of seasons. That's something you really have to put under consideration. Gus, I thought, you know, had a really good year for them, but it is the time running out there. I think Justice was awesome this year. He's going to be back. Keaton Mitchell, when is his recovery going to be fully complete? He probably won't see action right mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. We don't know, but that's what I'd assume. So then you have everybody who's pining for Derek Henry, who's pining for Saquon Barkley, who's pining for maybe a mid-round running back to be drafted. How would you address this position, Q? What is it a combination of, of bringing back a Raven and adding a free agent? Are you drafting a guy? Are you adding multiple free agents? How would you kind of attack that position this year as the Ravens try to build that room?
1: Well, remember, Keith Mitchell wasn't drafted, and so he's an undrafted rookie. So, yeah, he's a big play threat. Every time he touches the ball, he is going to the house. That's the mentality. It, it would have been a whole different ball game. An entirely different ball game if he was in there versus the Kansas city Chiefs. So there that's not even just like, Oh, well, if we no, that I'm just like, that's just plain and simple. And right? that's, that's, that's facts. Uh, Gus, you know, he's on the other side. Um, as far as age wise, I think, um, it depends on, you know, are we looking at drafting young players over overpriced older running backs? I am not a fan of Saquon Barkley. I think Saquon is a, a, a good player. I don't think he's like some like man that guy. Uh, I think Derrick Henry, if the price is right type of thing, more along the lines. Um, I think it would, it would be intriguing to see a Derrick Henry. You know that that that's kind of how I would look at it. It would be intriguing, but we've seen it for so many years where it's just. Yeah, you go to the draft and you draft running backs and or you pick free agent running backs up and you develop them. And so I think the Ravens, you know, I I don't think that's going to be as big of a position need and issue like other positions and issues that have been in the past.
0: Yeah. And the Ravens have multiple avenues to attack that one thousand percent. One, Also, uh, two more things. I have one more question, then another uh, NFL award just dropped. So we'll wrap up with that. To me, Q, if I'm the Ravens, I'm trying to sign Brandon Stevens to an extension yesterday because we've seen the Ravens make these adjustments where – it's not only, you know, positionally for some of these guys, but you're trying to find a role for a guy, right? And sometimes you move them around a little bit, see what it is. And Brandon Stevens, you know, running back in college to corner, to safety, to corner, to safety, to corner. You finally found a role. And we see the Ravens, they like to sign some of these guys here to extensions before their contract is up, before they hit agency. I mean, they did it with Project Washington. Last offseason, they tried with BK tried with Patrick Queen. I mean, is is it just me, Q, or or if I'm the Ravens, I mean, I am trying to get Brandon Stevens under contract as quickly as possible to a deal that can both benefit Stevens and benefit the team?
1: It it, it can be that way, no question about it. And I I, you know, the way he played was amazing, although a little bit of the um playoffs, you know, with with, with Texans game, I, I just thought he wasn't altogether there um yeah Brandon corners definitely um something where you you got to look at but again I'm his agent I'm like hmm How is your relationship with coach Weaver coach Wilson and obviously McDonald and kind of look at the landscape and not feel like I am going to give Ravens are solid or I feel like, you know, because of, you know, what the Ravens are, you know, nah, uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about um, this whole situation. So I got leverage. Let's use the leverage to my advantage. And I think he is more than deserving, you know, of, of that advantage simply because, you know, you're playing corner and and he played extremely well throughout the season.
0: Yeah. And, Those corner contracts, you know, I think if he plays his cards right, he he could earn a hefty, hefty payday coming up if he has another year like he did in 2023. But all right, Q, the Coach of the Year Award, it it came in here as we were recording, was not John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh did not win. It was Kevin Stefanski, Cleveland, he won that award. But John Harbaugh actually finished tied for fourth. It was Kevin Stefanski and D'Amico Ryans actually tied in terms of total points with 165. Mustafansky got one more first place vote than Namiko Ryan, so that's what put him over the top. And then you have Dan Campbell coming in at number three, and John Harbaugh was officially fifth in terms of you know he had one less first place vote than Kyle Shanahan, who finished ahead of him at four. But Shanahan and Harbaugh were tied with twenty six, so it goes to Fansky, Ryan's Campbell, Shanahan, Harbaugh. How do you feel about that?
1: I think that's fair. I think all of that's fair. Um, I think, you know, Dan Campbell, uh, the Lions, that history, that organization, to make it as far as they did, uh, to make it to the NFC Championship game and, and you know, play a fine two quarters of football was was unbelievable. Um, I think at the same time, D'Amico Ryans, like, he kind of, if I'm him, I'm smirking because I'm like, ah, eh. whoop, the offensive uh, or i'm sorry the the defensive of coach of the year and i whooped his head coach and we made y'all look dumb so i would be if i'm D'Amico, i'm like you can have that award bro because you know you know the real deal you might as well let me autograph that that that's that's D'Amico Ryan's and then I'm using it as like a chip and kind of somehow motivate my boys to like yo we about to do this again they're a good ball club I I love how their defense played extremely well, and I like how he, as a head coach, operated um, and just just all the way around. You know, was deserving of winning that award. But like I said, motivation.
0: Yeah, and I I know everybody wants to know who the MVP is. It has not been announced at the time we're recording this. If if we had to wait through all those awards, I think you would probably be recording here for a couple more hours or at least an hour. Yeah. So, I'm just going to give Lamar my early congratulations on the MVP. I would be absolutely floored if he did not win this thing. If he does, I guess, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can clip it and put it up as a freezing cold take. Because to me, there's no way Lamar doesn't win the MVP. I know we're talking about Q... With Lamar, everything that goes on with the AC Championship game and him not getting it mm-hmm. done. But I mean, you, you kind of look back at his whole season, and I think it, it's really incredible to, to talk about. So, I, I mean, you got to give Lamar flowers what he was able to do. I, I get the AFC Championship game's disappointing, but his season this year was phenomenal.
1: I don't see why uh, there should be any doubt whatsoever that Lamar Jackson doesn't win this award like he just he he was far and away the superior quarterback in the regular season and you know patrick Mahomes obviously did what he did in the playoffs and and deservingly so and if they win it then he deserves all the flowers but i think for lamar absolutely mvp and just kudos to him now it's like okay you're dual mvp winner use that as motivation to then hoist up the Lombardi so you can be a part of the multi MVP Super Bowl winning club uh that is something that I think will then be a good cool motivation factor for Lamar.
0: Yeah, and I think he'd trade both those MVPs for a Super Bowl ring if if he had the choice. He's, he's that competitive but major accomplishment for Lamar and again Hasn't been officially announced at the time of this recording, but, you know, I, I'd bet a lot of money that he will. So congratulations to Lamar. Q, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for hopping on with me again. Crazy offseason already of, of twists and unexpected turns. And, of course, we'll be breaking it all down here. And I'm excited to get into another offseason with you. And I know offseason is your favorite thing to talk about. So uh, we'll, we'll be getting plenty of it. And who knows, maybe we'll finally get that Devonta Freeman signing this offseason.
1: Ooh, buddy, I hope Devonta Freeman goes ahead and signs that contract down in Atlanta and then retires real quickly. So uh won't we'll have we we'll won't have to hurt, worry about Raheem Morris bothering uh, or being bothered by you. Like, hey, so Raheem, uh, you know, we figure we could get you on and uh, talk about uh, you know, uh divided Devontae Freeman retired, uh Kevin Ostriker. So uh, leave me alone. I, I got work to do. I got the Saints coming up. But as the bigger picture of this offseason, yes. Let the speculation and all the guessing and everything, let it commence.
0: Hey, you know, if, if Devonta signs that one-day contract and retires, he would still have signed with somebody. So I'll, I'll, still, I'll still take that as a win in my book. Q, I appreciate you, though. Thanks so much. We'll be right back here on Monday on Locked on Ravens. Again, we're five days a week, even in the off-season. So be sure to subscribe, follow along in audio form. You can follow me on Twitter at ChaosChecker34. You can follow Q on Twitter at ismail I'll see you right back here on Monday on Locked on Ravens.